Welcome to the Woo Woo Woman podcast. My name is Shelly and I'm your host. I'm a self-taught astrologer, modern mystic, yogic guide, and women's empowerment coach living in the South Florida area. This podcast was created with the intention to share the tools, people, and modalities that have continued to help me shift and heal to up-level my life in efforts to inspire and encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for being with me. Hello and welcome to the Woo Woo Woman podcast. I'm excited to speak with Rachel White, considered to be the skeptical shaman. She is known to bring that pragmatic approach to spiritual development and psychic services. And she has her way of just bringing about spirituality in a down-to-earth human kind of like a fucked up human experience that we could relate to. So I'm really excited to speak with her and kind of riff a little bit on spirituality and the development of self through this human experience. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being here with me and for taking the time out to share with us your words of wisdom and your shamic approach to spirituality. (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank you for pointing out that the human experience is kind of fucked up. It is. It is. And and the beautiful part of like pure shamanism is we don't get into that toxic positivity stuff, but we also don't get into doom and gloom. It's sort of like every day is a bit of a gift because we're meat covered skeletons on a little rock hurtling through space, you know? And so every moment is like, how'd this happen? And you just practice that strange release and surrender. Yeah. For sure. This meat suit can sometimes be really, really strange to move through, but we get through it regardless, right? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Well, I want to um, first give people a little bit of a background. If you could tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are, a little bit of your story and sure. share with us your tidbits and your nuggets of wisdom. Well, um, I used to be a good little atheist. It's, it's a joke, but it's also true. Um, that's what Catholic school, including college, does to you, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like, you see a lot of hypocrisies in traditional religious structures and things like that. And then you learn science. And I remember feeling really calm and like organized that I had figured it out, right? Like we evolved from monkeys and everything makes sense. And it helped me sleep at night. And then I experienced an event. It was actually, believe it or not, with a negative entity that other people were present. I was awake. It wasn't like a dream or a feeling like it was a real thing with observable phenomena, physical phenomena. And uh, that sent me back to the drawing board because I'd made a promise to myself I was never going to be dogmatic in my thinking. And sometimes really, really intense atheists, it's like their own fundamentalist religion where they won't take in any other data ever. And so I got in the gray zone and just started to read everything I could. I was a weird kid too. So It took me back to reprocessing childhood and looking back in some of the experiences I had is maybe not purely psychological or whatever, you know, and maybe there was something to some of that. And then started practicing shamanism about 10 years ago with clients off the side of my desk in corporate, corporate outsourcing, by the way, it doesn't get much more corporate than that. And uh, I was, my last role there was in head of innovation for a global publicly traded company. And just transitioned to totem full-time at the height, beginning height of COVID, hilarious timing, but I got to be of service at a time when the world was very weird, right? So that's that's always good. And 
Now I'm practicing full-time here in Austin, but I see clients all over the country and the world. Even when I was in Chicago, I had clients in Eastern Europe regularly. And so I'm set up for all of that. And the new project that I love is the flower essence stuff. So you can see the bottles behind me, but you know, growing these flowers from seed and making these like witchy potions and yeah. they work and no one's more surprised than me. It's been fun. It's like when you're a kid, do you remember making potions as a kid and playing make-believe? Yeah. And it's like, no, but they're real. And I can do it now as an adult. It's really fun. That is really cool. So did you step into shamanism by having like a crazy ayahuasca experience or no, did it no, I, I have like evolve over spiritual happenings in your lifetime. I've never done ayahuasca. Um, and yeah, and I don't conflate shamanism precisely with plant medicine. Like in the Venn diagram, there's a good amount of overlap. I microdose psilocybin now, but I waited until last year to experiment with that. Like the cookie was baked neurologically and physiologically. And you also want to really make sure you don't have any schizophrenic adjacent tendencies. (laughs) And as a working psychic, that's a big question mark. If you're looking at it objectively. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it was just that one event, but then also continually kind of testing these theories and and performing informal, you know, anecdotal human scaled experiments all the way through, just continue to build my, the way I I refer to shamanism is it's not a, I don't believe in it. Like there are things that I know because I've lived them and I've stress tested it. And so to me, it feels more like a practice than a faith system. There's no blind faith in it for me. Test everything out, really push it, poke around, look at it from different angles. And uh, yeah, just the, even the transition out of corporate to doing this full time has been very expansive. Mm. And I see clients every week for tarot card readings or whatever. And even just touching the work every week, I think raises your vibration and evolves your own personal practice. Like it's, i refer to my client sessions as my school. That's where I learn. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with you on that because when you serve, it's almost like you're also, as you're being of service, you are also being served and you're being fulfilled. You know, it's so powerful how that works because it's true. You do end up tapping into something beyond. And when you have clients and when you work with clients, it does stack. It's like compound interest on your spirituality because you have your own. And then you also have these opportunities to work with clients. So it's really beautiful. And that ayahuasca question was just like, kind of like sarcasm, not really. No, but I I think ayahuasca is amazing. And and by the way, if you have trauma, you have PTSD, you have an addiction issue, it is a real option for you. Um, There's a comedian who lives here named Ron White. He was in that blue collar comedy tour, you know, that sort of like hillbilly humor. He's very funny. We've seen him live recently. And he was on a podcast. Yeah, he was a Ron White, no relation to me, Rachel White, but (laughs) that I know of, although he seems like it might be the same adjacent gene pool when he talks. Um, He was on a podcast talking about his alcoholism. And, you know, he has a tequila company. This is a big, big part of his brand. And he went on a vacation and saw these friends of his that are about, you know, five to eight years older than him. And he gained this strange objective viewpoint of it. And he goes, they're just retired drunks. Mm. And he realized he was precisely on that trajectory and he just didn't like it. So he went to Costa Rica and did ayahuasca in a supportive environment and has not had a drink since, not one. 
and that's a lifetime of heavy substance use. And so it'll reset your nervous system. And he described it as mother ayahuasca showed him he drank because he had a problem with forgiving himself. Like Mm -hmm. he understood the cause, not the symptom. Yeah, I've done it. I did it once. And it was like it. Yeah, it was almost as if like my reality was pulled to polarities. So I saw Mm -hmm. like the positives and like aspects that I deep within my soul questioned. Right. And then I saw like the fear that I still carried the trauma that I still carried. And it also gave me, um, tools and tactics to begin that healing process totally clear. But what's interesting is, is, and I don't know if you've, I also microdose, but yeah, within that awareness, it's almost like the lights were turned on and that pile of sheets in the corner that looked like a scary monster yeah. is not scary anymore. Yeah. It's almost like within that awareness and within that acceptance, clarity comes. And it's almost as if it all just lifts. It's like, oh, that's why I'm like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, even if you haven't experienced what you would consider to be overt trauma, our whole world is a trauma factory. I mean, Absolutely. The news, social media, relationships, you know, parents, et cetera. Right. Like all of this is a thing and it, it carries a weight on your nervous system. And the way I look at plant medicine is it kind of removes the plaque from your adrenal and nervous systems and lets you go like, wow, I am returned to a more, an earlier state where my nervous system wasn't as damaged and as reactive. Um, One of the things I like about the flower essences is a lot of the plants have terpenes in them, like heavy, heavy terpenes, and it it reduces inflammation. So even if spiritually and in these woo ways, you don't get a benefit, you'll reduce inflammation, which is the primary cause for anxiety, depression, everything everything starts with inflammation. So we have all these tools and medicines available to us now. And I'm really happy that society is cracking that, that nut now. Absolutely. And I think that it's going to usher in a completely different generation of more aware. And I don't want to necessarily say healed because like it's coming back to wholeness sense of mentality right which is really powerful and yeah I I can totally relate with the potions I remember um I was into herbalism for quite some time I have my master's in holistic nursing so we talk a lot about that as well it's awesome medicine has been like a huge huge part um like without you know the psychedelics and all that stuff but just using herbs Mm -hmm. for you know ailments like headaches and you know, tinctures and all that jazz. So I totally believe in it and there is power in it. And what's beautiful about it is that it's not so far removed. When you look at some pharmaceuticals, they're derivatives of plants, but they're so processed and like the combination and the recipe that they've infused in them can be more toxic than beneficial. Whereas in nature, for the most part, we have like the best antibiotic compared to any like pharmaceutical is still garlic. (laughs) Yes, it is. I know. And it's and so wild because I tell people, I'm like, Hey, if I got, you know, some, some going on my coochie, I put a, put a string on the clove of garlic, chop it up and throw it up in there. Like what? I'm like, it's it amazing. It does tea tree oil, you know, all yeah. kinds of things work. And the other thing I like about, by the way, I have had a life of recurring UTIs and kidney stones. That's my chakra. I have enclosed spina bifida and doctors don't, they don't know Western doctors. They literally are like, here you go. Here's 
some hardcore, you know, like hardcore antibiotics that are going to screw you and your digestive system for the Blast next decade. Your <laughs> yeah. And I've had to, you know, before COVID came, I actually had a really negative experience with Western medicine with that. And, um, had to go through a process of adulting. I, I go, oh, I have to take accountability for my health. I can't just walk into Northwestern Hospital and expect them to treat me. They don't seem to be in the business of that anymore. And I had to change my diet. You know, I just looked at everything and I, you know, the real root of it was I'm in charge of me. No one's necessarily coming to save me. And so I have to get educated and I have to have agency over my own well-being, mentally, physically, you know, all of the above. That was a big shift that I had because I was misdiagnosed with eight different things and it turned out to just be a parasite. A nurse practitioner, of course, figured it out in five minutes at a different God. medical yeah, center. Like, yeah. Apparently on that parasite cleanse, because I swear I have, I have something and I'm like, perfect. we all do. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, so I'm making an essence out of wormwood. Mm. And when I did my parasite cleanse, in addition to taking just the one pill she gave me, she's like, you just take this and the parasite's gone. I was like, well, this was easy. When someone like, what was it that? Me, it was some hard, hardcore antimicrobial because it was a protozoa. So sort of like what they give puppies when you deworm your puppy or whatever, right? Yeah. Just one of those. And I was good to go. But to make sure I was solid, I started taking a really gross tasting wormwood tincture, tincture of myrrh some of these other things that are not very palatable, but they're also not palatable to parasites. So um, the wormwood essence we're making is not a tincture. It's a, it's an essence. So it's nice and watered down. It's not as gross. Yeah, I'm on that but, tincture and it's like, plug my uh, nose. <laughs> yeah, it, we call it rehab. Because not only does it clear out your filter organs, which resets your cravings and all that stuff, but it also adjusts your habits. So if there's a habit you want to release, like if you find yourself getting a glass of wine every single day at five o'clock, it's good to just reset that system. It doesn't mean necessarily you need to go to Betty Ford, but our, the human brain is a primate brain. It's an addict brain. And I am such a creature of habit that I have to regularly go, you know what, pause, let's reset the system. Let's get the software updated, restart the computer. And uh, it's good for you, yeah. Absolutely. Everyone can do with a reset. I wanted to touch on your comment about, you know, starting everything during COVID and mm -hmm. 2020, I'm sure. And there are so many people that I've interviewed and so many people that I've recently connected to myself included started 2020. And it's almost like seeing 2020, right? It's yeah. like, there was like a, such a shift and almost like a paradigm shift for many, many people and a call mm -hmm. to action that the frequency of, you know, the world itself just shifted at, on such a huge scale. And as terrible as it was, again, that polarity exists. And there was a really huge community that really benefited energetically and spiritually at that same time. Yes. So it's really interesting because, you know, touching upon like the science behind the woo that, you know, you, you, you speak on, there is something to it, you know, like there is the, the, the human resonance, the frequencies yeah. of the earth. Like we know this, like this is, there are brainwaves. We know this, we can use them. We can work mm -hmm. with them. And it's really fascinating because when we look at like that time period, so many people, especially women, I find leveled the fuck up. 
They were yeah. like, I'm done. Like, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm headed. I'm done with corporate. I'm done like biting the bullet and not doing what I love and stepped into a completely different version of themselves. So I love that you're also a part of that because there are so yeah. many March of 2020. Hey, and, you know, I, I, that's I, when I started did. this podcast. Of course, of course. It's so not wild. an accident. Um, no and what's interesting about all of that is I had been doing totem off the side of my desk, if you will, for a decade. Side so hustle. every Friday evening, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, that's what I did. So I didn't have, I'm not a person who like relaxes. Like I don't like go out and have fun. You know, when I try to do it, I'm always like, oh God, I have shit to do. I'm one of those, <laughs> which was by the way, enabled, affirmed and rewarded in corporate. So I'm still in recovery from mm, all that's of that. That's so true. That is yeah. so true. But for months before March of 2020, I just... And, and a little bit of context, I grew up poor. Like I grew up in a really, really rough childhood and I put myself through college and it wasn't that much fun. So for me to listen to my own thoughts at, and I had a very cushy kind of job. I mean, you're an innovation director. Like that's a great job to have. It's, you're not, you know, you're not re-roofing homes in a summer in Texas, right? Be grateful, be grateful for what you have. But I physically, energetically couldn't make myself do it anymore. And I think what people sometimes do in those situations is they try to white knuckle it and push through. And what it is, is your energy body screaming at you that this is happening. So get ready. It's inevitable. And the other thing I just want to show you, I know the listeners can't see it, but I kept pulling this card. This is my death card. Ooh, and we made yeah. Anubis. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a death. It's a death. And I felt this just different ephemeral energy that was quiet. And I kept getting hits from spirit guides that, you know, you know how you've always wanted time in your day and time in your life, you're going to get that. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. I would take the L, I secured a second location in Oak Park, which is right next to Chicago for meditation center for group workshops and things like that. And I would ride the train and I wouldn't multitask. I would ride the train and like look out the window. And I couldn't believe the last time I did that, I was a child. Yeah. Or I wasn't doing homework or I wasn't, you know, working on some document for, you know what I mean? And just the time having this that came from that and the, the quiet, happy energy of the death card of that number 13, you're in an in-between space, right? The witching hour and all of that. And I let myself have that. And I was really present for clients too. And I felt like it was my, my graduate school of doing psychic work because people were not in good shape either so you had to step up a little bit and I think that that is why many of us stepped up because yeah. so many people you know with that polarity you have to understand your assignment and like so many of us understood our assignment in that awakening in so many different you know forms so that's incredible and I commend you for doing it because so many people well, you too felt the call. yeah so many people felt the call right and they're just like oh I don't know but there's so many other people that were like let's just throw it out there if it sticks yeah. it's, if it's for me it's for me and that has always been my approach to life in general and I think that so many more people are in that process as yeah. well also just as a person and a business owner, solopreneur, as one of my clients yeah. calls me, she's like, yeah. I did it the right way. Cause she has a big old business machine. It's not that much fun, I guess. But you know, if you can survive those two years, especially I was in Chicago, it was locked down and I was yeah. conducting business. 
you build a certain muscle, I think, and a quiet confidence about if I got through that, and I was able to serve and be of service during those years, I can do anything now. And so I take more calculated risks with my business now too. And it's one of the reasons I'm on your podcast right now is I'm incredibly introverted. I don't like being front and center. I don't get energy from people like looking at me or asking, you know what I mean? All of that. But it's like this mission and this message is so much bigger than me. It's not really about me. And it's time to stretch a bit. Yeah. And that's just it. You know, it's like recognizing that what is in your heart, if you're listening and you're on the verge and you want to do something, what is in you to put forth is bigger than you. It has nothing to do with you. Nothing. And a lot of people focus on the risks of doing something and very few people focus on the risks of not doing something. Absolutely. And I know it sounds like a cliche and like an Instagram platitude, but really, you know, every time I was very stressed out, you know, cause there are, there are math issues when you have your own business during COVID and all of that, um, where I would just go, yeah, but you know, if I throw in the towel now, 10 years from now, how am I going to feel when I look myself in the mirror mm-hmm. and, and having those existential conversations where you're reminding yourself, it's not just about survival. And COVID was, you know, a hell of a training ground for that. It was a bit Absolutely. like the Navy SEALs with those logs on the goddamn beach. It's like, just ring the bell. You can tap out. You could go back to corporate anytime. And it's oh, like, nope, nope, no, not yeah. doing it. Not never. And oh, it's not because I'm strong. It. I think I'm really stubborn. I think that's, you know, a negative attribute that sort of emerged as maybe a positive one during COVID. Where it's like, now I started this, I'm going to I'm stubborn. Dedicated. Yeah. yeah. Dedicated. And also too, like energetically, when you step into that and you recognize that that is the energy and the frequency that you want to attain and keep the momentum going, yeah. you don't want to give it up. Right. And you understand your assignment and you're, you're like, whatever comes forward, that's a contrast. That contrast helps me bring clarity. And within that clarity, yeah. I build something different. I create that risk. I step into that opportunity with a different vigor than you did before. Just looking out on the outside as if you're looking in in a window being like, oh, I wish I did that. Oh, I like that. You know, like you're in it, you're living it, you're going through it. And that's the process. And like, we all have some form of that where we've gone through so many different contrasts in our lives and in careers and spirituality that bring us about into this space where it's like, okay, now what? And that now what is the momentum that keeps you dedicated and determined because you feel the difference between what you're doing and what you were doing in corporate, right? The seats, the, the, gap. the, seat, the yeah. energy in the seats are completely different and you know you're aligned spiritually in this seat. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny too, because, you know, I, I created a tarot deck. With yeah, Emma, I saw that, which I freaking love. I need to like peer at it a little bit like closer because I think on on the link, there's only like a couple, a couple cards on there. Maybe, yeah, it's on Amazon. Okay, I'll take, so, a, I'll take a deeper take a look, look there. On my website, there is a page for the deck where we have all the major arcana that you can slideshow through, you know, the main cards, everybody in the deck, the main characters, but I had clients write to me because I did that during COVID too. And I self-published. So it was like, if on paper, it's a ridiculous use of business capital, but when you work on intuition, you're like, no, this is what needs to happen. People need to get this tool in their hands, this spiritual technology to use for themselves. Like it's an intuition building 
mechanism. Yes. And I had clients reach out to me and they go, Hey, when I touch the deck, it like vibrates and it's a little too powerful and just to screw them. And by the way, though, this is the truth. I go, yeah, they're all little portals for my friends, for my spirit guides. And they're like, seriously, I'm like, yeah, the process of working on it, every card as we designed it and built vision boards for it, for the aesthetic, I would channel that energy. I mean, it was a complete, wow. like, as a, as almost like a witch walking through the various energies of the archetypes in the, yes. the characters in the story. I love and that. It makes me feel good to know that these little portals are in people's homes causing the right kind of trouble, you know, yeah. a little <laughs> bit of uh, rebellion against the systems of control. That's the beauty of like woo. I think of women, I think of witchcraft, you know, specifically is the system, whatever that means to you, can't really anticipate what it's going to do next. It's, it's a way to be asymmetric with the systems of control. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. We'll have to chat later. Cause I'm, I'm talking to somebody on, on working on mine. Cause I oh, yeah. published my own. Um, but we'll talk, we'll talk afterwards and maybe you can give me some tidbits because I'm in yeah. that process right now, which is really exciting. And like you said, like I have like a journal and when you ask, you you receive, right? It's yeah. like, I want this to be not only powerful, but awaken a portal within yeah. you or a door within the user that may not have existed before yes. this happening. An awareness, and it's almost like a mirror. It's like a reflection and it's like- Actually, it's funny to say that because our deck is inspired by a scrying mirror. See, yeah. that's why it's dark and images yeah. emerge from a dark background. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a mirror. And, you know, I love Carl Jung and Jungian psychology. So we yeah. simplified some of the images and made them more like primordial to talk to your subconscious mind, your ancestral yes. memory. And also, you know, you know, this, if you read tarot cards, so many of them are so like girly and cute and like fairy decks and all that Doreen Virtue stuff that she now yes. of course, has abandoned aggressively. But for me growing up in Chicago and, and being someone who's a little bit more urbane or has a more modern aesthetic, I felt like there wasn't like a deck that looked kind of cool and in that vein. And what was weird is when we published it, men, men are the majority of buyers of the deck. Mm. And it occurred to me like, oh, they've been underserved in the spiritual community. There's not an aesthetic or a vibe that necessarily invites them in. And so, I'm really happy that all these straight guys everywhere are reading tarot cards now. It makes me yeah. giggle. Yeah. Really, it's really cool. And it's taken a turn. And, you know, I remember back in the day when I started playing with this, it was not as widely accepted. My mom sweared till her dying day that I was summoning the devil. And I'm just like, listen, I've never felt closer to God. And if you want to define that as the devil, that is totally fine with me. But yeah. like, there is so much validity to the use of the tarot and other tools that really awaken that intuition within you. And also the the opportunity to develop your intuition yeah. within that process. You know, it's not just what the card definition like is in the booklet. It's what do you, what comes over you? What yeah. do you feel? What are you attracted to? What, what do you and your subconscious mind gravitate towards, right? What is yeah. the initial gut feeling? And that's your intuition awakening a message that goes beyond space and time, right? This is like deeply, it's like an internal wisdom that awakens when you use them. 
Well, it also connects you to what I would call four and 5D. So these yes. other dimensions outside of the restrictions of time space. Yep. And to me, that's a better, more robust set of data, frankly. And you know, when clients ask me, what's one thing I can do every day to build my intuition, what you're, you're talking about, I always say tarot, just because mm -hmm. it's so pragmatic and specific once you really get your sea legs with it. And I always recommend that they pull a card in the morning, just one, go about their day, come back and maybe before or after dinner, look at it and read the definition, but then keep a journal of how that energy specifically manifested in their day. And you'll notice like the ace of crystals in my deck, every time I pull it, I know I'm getting an opportunity, a business opportunity, and it's the start of something. And every time I pull that card, I get a message asking me to participate in something either, you know, back before totem, it was a job offer or whatever. And now it's, the same vibe, just different connotation. But every time I pull it, I go, okay, so I'm going to keep an eye on my phone and my email for the next few days because here it comes and it'll be a good opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so inspiring and empowering too. Yeah. You know, when you have that awareness, like whenever I would pull the the, the tower and the death card, originally I was like, oh, but now I'm excited. Now I'm like, yeah. yes the tower i'm breaking through i'm you know laying a new foundation yeah. the death card oh yes like an old part of me is like ready to to shed the skin right and in the beginning it's like uh but then after you've developed that intuition it excites you to know that a part of you is dissolving yeah so something more can come out of it and it's almost like a butterfly a butterfly literally well a caterpillar literally turns into goo before it yeah. turns into a butterfly and the same components that create the caterpillar mm -hmm. create the goo create the butterfly and it's like that also happens with us like our body changes Completely. every seven years right yes how do you change not only your physical you know calibration within this human experience but how else are you changing spiritually mentally and emotionally and that excites the shit out of me every single time I pull the card. And you have to also, you know, with that anticipation, I have those tools. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. something's coming. Let me make sure my meditation game's on. Let me make sure my journaling's on. And it can give you so much foresight, right? And hindsight. So it's a really- well, the best thing about the tower card. I love the tower card. In my deck, <laughs> we made it set the ancient Egyptian God of chaos. Because he was the only God strong enough to take down their version of the devil, which is Apep, which is like a crocodile hippopotamus monster in a pit of fire. Sound familiar? Um, <laughs> and what the tower clears away are only things that are broken. Mm -hmm. And I find that our society and, and also individually, we're very, very prone to cling to things that no longer serve us out of fear. And just we're very prone to wanting familiarity. You know, Freud was right. Even if it's like unpleasant, you'll find as an adult, you tend to date people that resemble an abusive parent. And that's just your energy body and your subconscious mind going back to what's familiar and breaking that loop, letting the tower collapse and letting the you know waves of the monsoon wash things away is kind of the only way out of broken systems. Mm. And so things like when we look around the world and, you know, everybody's so political, I try to not get into it because the other yeah. thing about being a shaman is you get so black pilled. You're like, yeah, it's all ridiculous. And it's all theater, and you know, whatever. But everyone's noticing shit's broken. Right. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully we'll get a tower moment. Will it be painful and unpleasant in the experience? Yes. But just like, you know, getting a rotten cracked tooth taken out 
better out than in. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I think collectively we are definitely on that verge. We are. I'm writing a Substack. I do a monthly like Substack deep dive on the theme of the full moon and I do a tarot reading every month for paid subscribers. Yeah. And this full moon's in Capricorn and it's aligned with a lot of shit. And Capricorn is ruled by Saturn or Kronos, which is where we get chronology. It's the god of time and space and death and taxes and objective reality. And as I'm writing it, and of course I'm linking to, to clips of True Detective and shit like that. I'm, just, you know, <laughs> I'm never gonna be that linear about it, but I think we're, we're heading to a fundamental kind of come to Jesus moment, not literally, not like fundamentalist Christian, but in, you know, math is math and there's an order to the universe and you can only fuck around and for so long and then you find out. And I think it's a karmic debt full moon. So hopefully those of us who've done the hard right thing, you start seeing some return on that investment. And the contrast will be the same too. People who've been misbehaving and thinking that it's private, like no one sees, spirit doesn't see, they're going to get, I think, a bit of a rude awakening. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And astrology is so poignant Mm -hmm. and it's avoided in like I mean, I think it's getting a little bit more accepted. I think everything with within the woo is like a little yeah. bit more, um, I think because energetically, collectively, we've we've raised a little bit where people, when they hear it, it's not as like, you're crazy. Like you're- Oh, I was in the closet fully. I was told by someone in C-suite, because, you know, I was working on the deck and he liked it. He goes, but don't show this to anyone and don't tell anyone. You'll be on the chopping block with the shareholders. You know, so it wasn't even like I inferred or was afraid I was going to be a problem. Like it was explicitly told to me, do not share this. Wild. So in a way, Totem's only been around really in its true form for two years. I would, I would hide, like I wouldn't promote, I wouldn't whatever, because it was like a little, little secret. And it's wonderful that that's shifting. It's incredible. Yes. Yes. It's so expansive. Because when we step forward, we give the opportunity and the permission for others to be like, oh, wow, like, let's, let's do this together. You know, let's rise together. Love it so, so much. And let's stop pretending like this whole, like, we're all full of shit kind of kabuki theater way in which we interact with one another and our society is a big part of the problem. Like, not that people should be rude, but you can be real and be civilized and be polite Um, But the idea of like doing things, anticipating harm instead of just being honest is a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or as George Carlin said, what our country, the glue that holds our country together is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really like I got the visual and everything, but it's so it's uncomfortably true. And at the same time, I think so many people know that and feel that. Mm -hmm. And now more so than ever before, that the only way to move is upward. The only way to shift is, you know, healing and coming back to the wholeness and truth, like truth, not only our truth as individuals, but the the truth, truth. the truth, right? And truth can never be told. It can only be experienced, you know, like anyone can tell you, oh, you should do this. Like, I remember growing up in the Christian faith, you know, my mom was, you know, straight edge Christian. And it was like, this is the way you do it. This is God's way. And I'm like, but why? But why? Because like, I can't relate to that. I don't think that doesn't vibe with me. And anything that doesn't hold up to the, but why isn't very robust, is it? No, 
And that's yeah. just it. It's a perspective. And it's like one person's opinion being, you know, taken for truth. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that everywhere. Yeah. I refuse to get confirmed because the priest couldn't answer my questions. And I'm kind of literal, you know, like highly literal. It's funny at times. And I was just like, but this is about a God. It's like a covenant. Like I've been paying attention. I know the definitions of these words. And I had serious concerns about what they would say about, you know, domestic pets not going to heaven. I go, but I know my cat has a soul. Like I, as a, a psychic, without having that word or language for it, knew some of these fundamental truths. And yeah. also I'd watch a priest squirm and kind of hedge and not answer. And I was like, okay, something in the milk is not clean here. And I'm not going to promise something to God who I do believe in that isn't fully true. Like this is screwed up. Like I understood the stakes in a spiritual sense and I wasn't going to do it. And I remember my mother was like, you know, you're really embarrassing me. I'm like, yeah, that's not really what it's about. Like, sorry. Um, yeah. And uh, what I love about shamanism is it absolutely insists you give yourself permission to change your mind. Yes. And your experience of the divine changes from meditation, you know, we call them shamanic journeys to journey, right? Or day-to-day, month-to-month and person to person. I've had clients who in a meditation workshop saw the cartoon, Tony the Tiger, come up to me and go, you're great. <laughs> and I go, it counts. And here's what tiger yeah. means. And that's spirit communicating with you in your brain's language, you know, and that counts, man. And what you said, no one else is ever gonna experience that truth, but, but for that client, same with me, same with others. And, you know, I just um, completed the first round of the spiritual transformation coaching program I'm doing. And the big thing throughout the whole thing is I've had my experiences, but I don't outline those for you because that's when it turns into a cult or a religion. Yeah. That's just my experience. You're going to have your own and that has its own mm -hmm. value. And what I believe, you do not need to believe it. I don't care. And in fact, you shouldn't. You should have your own thing. You should. And you should give yourself the opportunity to experience so many different variations of what you would consider a practice or a, mm -hmm. um, a time out or meditation, because there are so many different forms and mm -hmm. not all of them are going to vibe with you, right? Like sitting right. down in a cross-legged seat in nature for five hours is not for everyone, right? It's not so, for me. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't do bugs. I don't do discomfort. Like Exactly. Yeah. And like, the beauty in that is that we are all here to develop our own religion yes. by experiencing life itself and feeling the truths instead of being told along the way that these are the truths. And that yeah. is the awakening that I'm waiting for with humanity is being able to open yourself up enough to know that there are variables and there are variations and they are okay. I remember when I first started yoga teacher training, I was like, I got to be vegan. I got rid of all oh, my yeah. leather. I got rid of all of my name brand shit. Well, and they tell like, you to do that. It's, it's zero sum, all in or all out. It is. It is sometimes. And then, you know, years later, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, that is not me. That is not me. I love this yeah. purse. It's leather. It has studs all over it and I love it and I'm going to keep it. And like, I wouldn't allow myself to step into that rigidity because I did step into that rigidity and I realized that it wasn't me at my core. And it was well, something people, that I was attempting to like mold into, yeah. you know? A lot of people like intense certainty and very neat, clean boxes. I used to be one of them, hence the smug atheism. 
but it, this is the same thing that feeds the political tribalism and everything else where it's like, no, 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 these are my four walls. I sit in here. Everything is safe if I'm in here. And if I do the things precisely the way they're supposed to be done and, you know, shamanism is the opposite of that. I got in a fight, actually. I'm also a yoga teacher, believe it or not. I know yeah. I, don't, I don't seem that way, but I got in a fight with a woman who owns a yoga studio because at the end of a shamanic journey meditation, I said, if you can, if this is part of your lifestyle, a little bit of red wine grounds you, meat, chocolate. And I listed other things, but those were included in the list. And she came up to me, she goes, you can't tell them to drink or eat meat. It was like a Kundalini yoga studio. I go, I'm not one of you. I'm not in the white outfit. I don't have the turban on. Okay. I cut my hair. I can say whatever the hell I want. And if you don't want me teaching here, just say that. But if, if I'm here, I'm, I'm a free human being. And this is, yeah. And also I'm not telling them they have to do it to the contrary. It's just like, it lowers your vibration a little, puts you back in your body and whatever, you know, foods on that list or, or practices do that, but also they're autonomous human beings with free will and agency. They're good. Let them pick too. Right. They've got this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you just described alienates people from spirituality where you go to yoga studio and you realize like, oh, well, if I'm going to be part of this community, I have to be a vegan. Or if I'm a part of this community, I have to X, Y, or Z, or I have to support this political party because of my belief system. All these things that are false equivalencies, you know, it's apples to spaceships. They have nothing to do with each other. And allowing yourself to dip your toe in and then give yourself permission to be like, and here's where I'm out, you know, and take what works for you and leave the rest. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that that is in and of itself a journey. I think for us, and I'm sure most people within our, you know, our lives, we've experienced some form of rigidity that we've adopted that isn't our own in some capacity, whether it's through childhood, you know, corporate worlds, whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be. And we know what we feel like when we're in it. And we know that something more is attainable, that there's something uh, more expansive that is there, but we have to give ourselves permission to explore and step out of that box. Because- and by the way, that exploration is scary right now. There's a lot of con artists. Have you seen the Teal Swan documentary on Hulu? I love Teal Swan, but I didn't see the documentary. It's it's rough. It's rough. And just things like Nexium. you know, HBO's The Vow. Nexium was a personal development coaching program. And I do coaching work. And that version of it turned into a sex cult and women were being branded. Like there's, um, yeah. So exploring has never been more precarious, I would say, you know, too. So if you feel spiritually homeless and you want to explore, I, I would just say, just always trust your gut and understand that you don't need to explain to yourself or to anyone else why you're, that's where you're at. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to like examine it and do an audit. Just it's up to you and tuning into your intuition and being like, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable and not arguing with yourself about that. Um, Because intuition. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching Wild Wild Country. The first tarot deck I ever owned was Osho's. That cult leader, sex cult leader. I was like a 10 year old girl with this tarot deck. Okay. I'm not out with Osho because I, as much as he was in his own, whatever, again, polarity Mm -hmm exists and contrast exists I know some stuff about some really high up people that I will not repeat but I still value yeah. their words of course right? and so I take I take like even though that is what they do or what they did right there's yeah. still so much richness in what they've created you know take take the richness take the yeah. stuff 
and be happy you weren't in the inner circle and you exactly. weren't, you know, I, under Sheila's thumb, who in my opinion is a real issue, by the way. Yes. But, yeah. I did and see that documentary. I did see that one. It was awesome. Like mm -hmm. it, it was, it's up there with Tiger King where I was like, oh my God, it was I really can't good. believe that's the first episode. It was so relentless and crazy and truth is stranger than fiction. But yeah, I mean, just for anyone listening to this, I have no affiliation with this podcast at all, except that I listen to it. Um, two of the Nexium survivors, whistleblowers, have a podcast called A Little Bit Culty, where they dig into things that are sort of cult adjacent, but they handle it with a lot of reverence, where they focus a lot on like, well, what, what did you get out of it that was also positive? As a means of also showing people it's not idiots and like gullible people who fall prey to this, because they do get a lot out of these programs at, okay. up to a point until something changes or maybe they enter the inner circle and that's where things get maybe weird or their abusive dynamics. Same can be said for corporate America, you know? Okay. It's just human nature. Um, so just, yeah, be, be careful, but also do you and go down your own rabbit holes and trust yourself. I think it's important. Absolutely. And, and embrace the varied likes that you like, you know, just yeah. because you teach yoga doesn't mean you can't eat meat. And right. I go to DJ concerts and, you know, like I enjoy my life. Like that's what this life is for is to enjoy, to explore and to have fun. God, so many yeah. people have forgotten to have fucking fun. I'm I like, know. everyone's totally <laughs> boring now too. And if, if I can encourage anybody to do anything, it's be difficult to put in a box. Yeah. Interesting. And I get a lot of comments like, oh, you don't seem like a shaman or, oh, you, you do that. Or, oh, you used to do that for a living. I'm like, yeah, none of this is mutually exclusive. Yeah. It's up to you. You can, you can be as weird or as normal as you want in any area of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much more rich. Yes. So much more rich. My husband, I'm going to quickly, <laughs> he has the baby monitor on loud in here. So I'm just going to. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Sorry. No worries. Hi, baby. He has the monitor in the room and he's talking in there. So Sorry. All right, back. <laughs> That's really real world, funny. real world shit here. Yes. So tell us a little bit of, about like your, your program, what you offer, how people can get in contact sure. with you. I know that you mentioned that you have a spiritual transformation series. You can yeah. give us a little bit of information on that and see um, how this can really resonate with my listeners and perhaps often oh. what you're offering. Yeah. Um, my website is totemreadings.com. So I offer all kinds of one-on-one -on -one client sessions. So we do tarot readings, channeling sessions, flower essence consultations, and, you know, hook people up with all of that. But the coaching program is personally my favorite. Um, I really have enjoyed it. And the, I, I created a bit of a proprietary methodology that overlays Kabbalah on the chakras. And we focus on what are your intuitive channels, your languages with spirit, and where, what are your dominant chakras? Like, what are you here to, what version of the divine are you here to pull in? How are you meant to be working here? And what are you meant to be creating? And we focus on that first instead of setting goals, frankly. I think that's kind of nonsense. And what's funny is no goal setting at all. We just finished one run of it. Everybody, we have six spiritual practices, six businesses, six brand guidelines, six logos, six websites, it all got done. And I just hooked people up with my designer who's amazing and whatever. And so we got there without grinding, without putting it in a spreadsheet and really using the intuitive tools, like going into a journeying meditation, using tarot. What is, 
what is popping up about a potential brand or name for your, your practice or your business or in your logo, is there a spirit animal that came to you that we can tie in that adds an element of sort of witchcraft to the business side of things? And also really focusing on things like the basics of energetic protection, boundaries of clients, um, all that like energetic hygiene, business hygiene stuff that cannot be repeated enough because people in this space, you know, your clients are going to be a little messy. They're human sometimes and you're messy. You're a human and learning how to like where that begins and ends and how to best serve people while also caring for yourself too. Yeah. So just go to my website, email me. I'm on there. I'm on Instagram. We'll be in the show notes for you to contact Rachel, um, along with her Instagram and, um, links. But when you were discussing, um, the power of using out, cause I, myself with my clients, I don't do the whole, what are your first goals either? And I think it's so powerful to work from that standpoint because the mind will tell you one thing, right? But when it's not always aligned with your soul, right? It's your, what is your mind? Your mind is essentially like a Google database of everything you've ever experienced. Maybe some past live, you know, scenarios, whirlwinding in there. And we think that the logical mind is like the, the goal setting center essentially, which kind of it is right because our mind is the one that creates these goals but when we drop into our heart when we drop into our intuition and we give ourselves the ability to feel this right within our chakras within our the way in which we process energy digest energy of the world we open ourselves up to a different possibility that we may have always known but when when you feel it like oh my god i've always done that right yes. like I've always Yes. Like that really is a line. You're right. Like that feels really good in my body. That is the goal, right? That is the goal. And it's so powerful that you work like that as well, because I think it's very important because a lot of, you know, people out there are like, okay, well, what are your business goals? All right. Well, this is how you logically do it. Well, like the lot, obviously the feminine is very fluid and can be very creative and it needs that masculinity to create that structure for success. Right. But it is not all masculine, but we've been generated with this super masculine society and mentality, but that is always where we go. It's like our default and like drop in. So like just for me, hands on body, close my eyes, take a breath, grounds me enough to be like, what does this feel like in my body? Yeah. What is my intuition telling me about this? Well, my clients don't need help with their rational thinking. They are right. very high powered jobs. They're very successful. Their, their rational mind is intact and functioning the way it should be. The question, the deeper question is, why do I feel like I'm fighting my own nature? Yeah. Why do I feel disconnected? Why can't I bring all of me to what I do in every area of my life? And they don't like the compartmentalization anymore. So mm-hmm. to handle that, you got to get to like, well, what's your nature? What's your nature? And then let's find a motif that that fits in so we're not constantly swimming upstream god yeah so you know what i do now i get so much energy from it it's ridiculous it's ridiculous and so there are long days and stuff and it's like thank god i number one love what i do and number two care about it on a mission level because it makes all the goddamn difference for you when it's you know six o'clock at night and you'd rather be watching terminalist and having a scotch (laughs) 
you know, it's not such a, a dire sacrifice to just wrap up what you're working on, you know, and my clients are the coolest people. Like they, the first round of the coaching program, they all came to visit in Austin, not because we were doing a retreat or anything formal, but they want to meet each other because it's all individual work. And right. There's a lot of synergies there and stuff. And Saturday, we really just all talked and it was intense and emotional and poignant. And none of us were on our phones. I wasn't taking pictures. I wasn't posting them on social media. And we all got to be present with each other as human beings. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's nice to send them kind of out into the world, which I know they're already out in it. They're adults. They have very high powered jobs, but I feel good about how they're going to screw up the systems of control, how they're going to help people. <laughs> like it, it was a pirate Get ship. Kind of feeling. <laughs> exactly. Like raise the black flag, the shaman flag. And and go do this and go, go heal people and help empower them. And let's, let's screw with the machine that way. Yeah. Gosh, I love this so much. Such powerful, Mm -hmm. poignant topics that we've touched on. Is there anything that you want to share? Maybe like a collective reading of something? Oh yeah. Here, I'll pull a card for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, We'll have a taste or however, whatever you're feeling moved to do spiritually, as you know, I'm, I'm open. We flow with before we close. This will be a message for everybody. Yes. Oh, I love it. It's the world card from Mm. the Totem Tarot deck, which we made. There's a voodoo Loa. Thank you. And his name is Dambala, and Dambala is the creator of worlds. Mm. And it's um, the idea, the reason there's all these little worlds on top of each other it's the concept of the multiverse and change that brings in exponential stuff so in other words death is a little bit like you shed an old skin you get a new one dumbbell or the world says no you you keep saying yes keep receiving you know it's orders of magnitude it's a shift in consciousness that's completing integrating and healing it's also the the epigenetic healing that comes from spiritual and energetic work where you're it's orders of magnitude better than just taking a little bit of medicine kind of a thing. And the other thing I like, Dambala, the story in voodoo is he met uh, Aida Wido. So the real name of the religion is Dambala and Aida Wido, meaning the serpent and the rainbow. Dambala is the serpent and he fell in love with the rainbow and that's their love uh, created existence is their story, which is very cute and sweet and it's the idea of finding the thing that completes you such that you can now generate realities and planes of existence. Yeah. What's interesting is my recent mantra and it changes every so often when I feel called is I relax in the receptive mode. Yeah. I am refreshed. I am renewed. And that ability with the constant changes and the shifts that are happening within our lives is it brings so much peace knowing that that space is expanding and at the same time within that expansion we know there's going to be a contraction right but we understand that the contraction phase is in efforts to create more space to expand and we have to relax into it and allow and you know surrender some people get that kind of warp surrender doesn't mean you let go surrender means that you allow the soul to lead and you mm. you you come back to the space of presence so much so that you feel where you're led and you feel these worlds not only within like 
the the nucleus of you, right? Like your own inner worlds and all the different yeah. parts of your own inner worlds, but how that inner world is also kind of co-creating with that external, you know, Always. shifts, changes and merging them and marrying them in such a way where it is peaceful, it is integrative and it is expansive on, on more than just, you know, one level. It's just as a whole in all areas. Yeah. So many people want to expand, let's say in like business or expand in spirituality. And it's like one trickles into the other, right? 100%. You can't, you can't it's going to affect one of your worlds. You can't, you have to embrace that as you expand this one world, some of these other worlds in your life, whether it be a partnership or, you know, a job, yeah. some of them are going to fall away. And that's a part of that, you know, that's a part of that one. Yeah, it's, it's the card of get ready to kind of fall in love with your life. And yeah. the big trick, the hat trick is stop waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, because yeah. maybe, just maybe you're getting it. You're getting not just what you wanted, but more than you could have conceived of. And I think there's a subconscious or energetic resistance and, and distrust of that. So just, you know, everybody get ready to receive something good. Let yeah. it happen. Yeah. Sure, for sure. Oh my gosh, such a beautiful conversation. I feel like we can go on and on in so many different topics. <laughs> yeah. And thank you. And thank you for everything you do and being kind of honest and authentic on social media. I appreciate it personally. I, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I do my best to just laugh, uh, be, I'm a vessel of spirit. I'm a vessel of God. Anything that comes through me, whether it's within tarot readings or social media, it is an impulse that I follow. And I know that that impulse is connected to source in some way, shape or form. Yes. So I don't, I don't question it. I'm just like, let's put it out there. Let's go. Let's ride. Let's have fun with it. Like have fun with it. You know, yep. so I appreciate Stop taking that. yourself so seriously. It's God, just life yeah. and death. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like, this, yeah. it's, it's not like the, I, I saw a quote one, one time and I forget probably some, I don't know. God only knows some book and it's, it's the quote was, um, on your tombstone, you'll have two dates and, the only thing that matters is the dash in between them. It's like, yes. what did you do with that dash? You know, it's like, go have fun with it. Go have fun have with fun. it. Oh. And if it's a simulation we're in, you know, it's absolutely a game different. Simulation. <laughs> it's absolutely a simulation. It's so funny you said that because I just had a master, like I have a mastermind group. And last night we did, we did um, manifesting miracles. And I literally like, the way that I explained it was like, you're a computer. This is a simulation. Yeah. So you're going to control all delete past, present, and future. You put it on separate screens and we, you are the mastermind. You are the, yeah. con the control center. How are you going to control it? And that's the way, that's the exact same way that I put it because it's so true. This is a simulation and you are co-creating, you are a co-participant, right? But you have yeah. to take inspired action and you have to check yourself before you wreck yourself and get ahead of the thought. So that momentum that you do want gains more momentum and the momentum that you you're not so you know keen about you you stop it ahead of that ahead of that momentum you know it's like a car going down a hill you know you there can are levels to this game yeah and you can play the surface level like right. level one of super mario brothers all you want but there are other levels yeah there are other levels and other dimensions and embracing them and talking about them so raleigh with you is is 
expansive. So I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to get in contact with Rachel, please check out the show notes. All the information is there on how to connect with her, her website, her tarot, the whole nine. Thank you so, so much. Thank you.